<laughs> Hello, welcome to our middle-aged podcast, Legends of Philadelphia. We're your hosts, I'm Tony Trove, and this is my best friend and business partner, Johnny Zito. Joining us on engineering, engineering duties is Brian Bierman. You might be asking what makes these jabroni such experts. Well, in addition to being Philadelphia natives, Johnny Zito and I have a little t-shirt business, South Fellini, that focuses on Philly cultural in-jokes. Lots of times customers will ask, you know, what is the deal with Toy B tiles? And they want to know what the word John means. So we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us. We're hoping to share that with you. Uh, I'll mention the Instagram. Find us on Instagram. Got it. See, I should always read it. <laughs> Exit stage left. Good night. Exit stage left. <laughs> Smile. Wave. Got it. I got it. Look. Yeah, you can't see him waving, but it's hard. To, it's a hard, hard act to follow, dude. It's hard act to follow. <clears throat> I uh, I feel bad for Beerman who's on deck next week. Maybe we should get a celebrity again just to just um, to take the pressure off. I mean, yeah. you said you changed it, and I was exactly the same. So if that's what threw me off, you told me it was way different. <laughs> I just, was, I just swapped the words. I just swapped the words. He changed Beerman. Yeah, he changed the name. Wow. Well, uh, I, yeah. I thought he was like, yo, it's all different. Just heads up. All right, I'm coming in this fresh. Yeah, but, uh, you, you wrapped this me one. off. <laughs> uh, it's a wrap now. I know. Yeah, my name is Tony T, and I'm here to say. <laughs> line, line, Zito. The li next line. Line, line, <laughs> line. Zito, beatbox, beatbox now. <laughs> yeah, here uh, with the music. Come on, please. Welcome to rap yeah. battles. <laughs> 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 You know, <laughs> that's the best one. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. But you know, that's the about. best one. I can't do it. <laughs> I, can't. I always want to be able to do it, but I can't. Oh, like the Fat Boys. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's your cultural reference more, for more thirty-five-year-old references for hip-hop music. <laughs> See, I think of the Fat Boys more as a comedic trio. Yeah, they were in Disorderlies. Yeah. Exactly. I know them from their Comedy Central days. <laughs> they also did the Freddy Freddy um, Krueger song where he was chasing them in the video. Oh right, that was them, man. Fat Boys. Fat we'll, Boys. We'll, we'll do a Fat Boys episode. Yeah, are they? Yep. From, I don't think they're from Philly. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing about the Fat Boys is so the Fat Boys, their whole gimmick was they were fat. They were Fat Boys. But there's one guy, there's three of them, and one guy's not that fat. Not that fat, yeah. And and I always think, like, you think the record company was like, listen, we don't know, this is a weird conversation, we don't want to have this, but you got to you gotta start gaining some weight. Uh, you need to gain, like, 60 pounds right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You brought up the fat boy so you could call attention to this guy. I did. I, I, it's just, I we just stumbled upon uh, the fat boys, and I... Yeah, I have fat boy jokes lined up, but uh, I, <laughs> I didn't thought plan of the that. Fat I didn't plan I've that. always got I've always got topical stuff in the queue. It's always uh, ready. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you kids like the fat boys? <laughs> Two live crew and the fat boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> kids love it, dude. They love it. <laughs> the pattern is emerging. <laughs> yeah, uh, old '80s rap group. <laughs> that time forgot. <clears throat> not okay. me though 
No. Well, I didn't forget. We're usually not about we're not we're not usually all about uh, '80s rap groups, but uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the '80s today. Uh, the 1980s. We did another Instagram poll. I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but if you oh, were, yeah. we we did another Instagram poll to figure out what our topic was going to be. Uh, we were either going to talk about the uh, the USFL uh, football team, the Stars, or the 1987 NFL player strike. And uh, the fan the fans spoke, and they wanted to talk about the player strike. What's really funny about this is that the Stars won a championship and the, <laughs> or, or when the Eagles didn't play and, and everybody was like still the Eagles. Yeah, actually, I I want to hear about the time the Eagles didn't even play. <laughs> More than the Go team birds. that wanted to. I even looked I was looking it up online. There's pictures like a, there was a parade. <laughs> there was like. This is like, we always talk about things like a race from memory, you know, the, uh, the Bernstein Bears. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the Philadelphia Stars had a parade. Yeah. And no, yep. there's no pictures of one photo of it. And that's that. Yeah. That's the, right. that, that, and I mean, I maybe we'll talk about it again one day, but they, then they left. They were. Then t- they left. They, yeah. They, they, they won the championship and they were still just like, nope, we're out of here. They were like, and we're too good. They for went this. to Baltimore the second year. They were like, "We're too good for this. We gotta. Get, we're going to be more. We're getting out of this town." But that's not where we're. People didn't vote for that. They don't. No one wants to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They don't care about this. Eagles didn't play. They want to hear about the time the Eagles didn't play. Okay. Well, uh, don't today take we're gonna, it away, John. No problem. I will. I will <laughs> let me take you on a magical journey. So, <laughs> in 1987, the NFL players went on strike for the second time in six years. Uh, what was different this time was that when the veterans walked out, the owners brought in replacement players. Random guys off the street wearing official NFL team uniforms played three games that actually counted for the regular season. While most uh, teams were being staffed by scabs, some big-name players did actually cross the picket lines. What resulted was a very uneven series of games that upended the league standings and enraged organized labor. Today, we're going to take a look at how the Eagles made it through that ordeal by examining the Marxist philosophy of Randall Cunningham, Randall Cunningham, and Buddy Ryan. <laughs> very, very familiar with their with their Marxist literature. I am sure you've read the newsletters. I, yeah. Buddy Ryan had a radio show. His uh, his very left wing beliefs are are out there for people to to find themselves. Really? <laughs> no. I don't know. Oh. He did have a he did have a radio show, but like in the oh, same okay. way, every Eagles coach has a radio show, and it's just like uh, we're gonna give one hundred and ten percent to team effort. You know, that's all he said. Every week. That's all they four say. Hour, that's all four hours say. a day. That's all. Yeah, any but, of them like, say. but we're also talking about like a a, um, uh, a union picket line and in, in Union Town, Philadelphia. Right. Uh, and what does that mean here at Philadelphia versus other cities? Or yeah, uh, how can that happen? You know. Yeah. How yeah. did Philly deal with this as opposed to other towns? Right. Because it's very uneven. Um, Philadelphia was one of only two teams that uh, didn't have any players cross the picket line. It was the uh, uh, the oh, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, Washington Redskins. So uh, every other team had some uh, player or or superstar cross the line and end up playing in these, these three replacement games. <clears throat> Do you guys? I don't remember any of this. I didn't learn about any of this until I was much, much older. I don't know if you guys what your exposure to it was. No, I have no memory of this. Uh, but it, it makes sense why people feel so passionate about the, the certain team and these uh, Buddy Ryan. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a lo- it's like their loyalty to the city and the loyalty back to it. Uh, honestly, learning about this it 
a lot more things made sense. Yeah. When it comes to Eagles fandom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Beerman, any connection? Any ideas? I wasn't born, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was well, a movie, right? The Replacements or something? Yeah. Is that based on this? Well, it is a very Hollywood version of this. It's like, yeah, let's root for the scabs. Keanu Reeves is such a, yeah. such a, <laughs> such a great non-union supporter. But um, it's a weird, it's just a weird kind of uh, movie, uh, but it's supposed to be like one of the rah-rah big game sports films. Uh, I remember John Favreau is in it, and he's like he's like supposed to be a goon. He's like supposed to be just like some smashing uh, uh, defensive player or something. I don't know. I didn't watch it in preparation for this. I'll tell you what I did watch in preparation for this was the ESPN Thirty for Thirty on the replacement players uh, and the YouTube video, a YouTube video from SB Nation that is specifically about how the Eagles handled the situation. That's where most of our information comes so from good. this week. Yeah. Um, I have no recollection of the strike. I didn't know what a strike was at this time when I was a child, and I probably didn't even realize that uh, athletes could strike until the 94 baseball strike. So Yeah, that I remember. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I probably became aware of something like this in 94 when I became aware of athletic strikes. And then, again, I think it happens again in 96 or 97 with the, uh, the, the NHL as well. So there was a bunch of these when we were kids. A lot of renegotiations going on. <laughs> what a fun thing for kids to enjoy sports contracts yeah, yeah. I, love it. I, love it. <laughs> I know you're joking but like that's how i got into sports and i know it is part of how you got into sports <laughs> too i know it that's is. what got me out of sports it got me reading comic books it was like <laughs> so you mean there's no more baseball no more baseball is that wolverine <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this shit. These guys Zito's like, unions? Union busting? <laughs> union I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> I just mean, it was very exciting. Like, all the way the... Scabs! NFL, scabs! <laughs> I just mean, it was very exciting the way when uh, players would change teams and, and th- shake-ups like this, and you're like, the drama of, oh, when are, when are they going to play? When are they coming back? Uh, I remember being very concerned about the NHL uh, when I was a kid. And the... The baseball strike happens the year after the Phillies went to the World Series. So you're like expecting them to like do it again the next year. And then like it didn't happen. Obviously. Man, that broke my heart when I was a kid. <laughs> the universe hates us. Yeah. So, okay, a little bit about the 87 strike uh, and uh, how much the universe hates us. So the, the league and the NFL Players Association were unable to come to terms on a new collective bargaining agreement by the end of August 87. The players wanted the right to free agency in addition to better pensions, severance, and the elimination of artificial turf. Zito had a coll- collective bargaining agreement playset as a kid. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a Lego set. Yeah. <laughs> The most boring child on earth. <laughs> the, uh, the NFL's free agency system at that time required compensation to go to a player's former team, which had a paralyzing effect on player movement and kept salaries low. The owners dug in to prevent any change on the grounds that it would make labor costs unaffordable. So uh, as a result, the players had authorized a strike to begin on September 22nd, just after the end of week two. The sudden strike wiped out week three and no games were played. Tight end John Spagnola was a Eagles players rep at the time. Uh, he felt that the NFLPA's strategy of playing two games and then going on strike, a repeat of their tactic in 82, which actually wiped out seven games in that season and achieved little. Uh, th- doing that again was uh, tipping their, their hand too early. And uh, he was quoted as saying... Uh, this time, the owners were loaded for bear uh, when he talked to Deadspin in 2018 about 
this, uh, this specific event. Uh, so management's plan was to recruit strike breakers and gamble that the highly skilled labor of the NFL players could be replaced. The league had a massive PR apparatus on its side to say nothing of the public's reluctance to sympathize with professionals making six figures per year to play a game. So I think that this is actually like kind of where that uh, where that comes from uh, when people are like, uh, I'm supposed to feel bad for an athlete. He, he, I'm supposed to feel bad. Uh, uh, they're on strike because of what? I think a lot of that comes from the you know the idea that. Uh, these guys make so much money per year, per game that, uh, that they have no reason to be complaining or whatever. But as is pointed out in any article that you look up about, um, uh, these, these player strikes is that their shelf life is much shorter than the average, you know, truck driver. And sure. You can't keep it up. I mean, we're like, we're all like, you know, the, the sports audience now is sympathetic to that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but at that time it's like, these guys make how much to play a game? They used to make it sound like, yeah, like I can play two-hand touch with Beerman in the parking lot. It's like, no. It's, <laughs> where's our six figures? Where's our six? <laughs> you see that catch? Yeah, I, 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 I got sticky hands, bro. Sticky. <laughs> no, but I, but, but it's also like, yeah, these people are making a lot of money, but it's like the they're making a lot a lot lot more money for other people who aren't risking their bodies you know what i mean like right yeah it's like yeah how much is the nfl making though you know right so it's like they should get fucking paid more yeah it's a ridiculous amount but well i mean now it is now people are getting like hundred millions of dollars but uh, and it, still. it was totally it, it was much different than there without free agency you can't like leverage one offer against another offer and try and get more money and teams don't outbid teams for players yeah, everyone's yeah. They, you can't be like all right you can get a, light, a year's supply of hers chips if you come play with the Eagles. <laughs> it's like all right I'm, I'm i'm in now i'm in oh uh, you, you have me at barbecue flavor <laughs> no crisp and tasty bro whoa okay i also like uh, salt and vinegar yeah, yo, did you? I haven't had them yet, but they have the barbecue and salt and vinegar mixed together in, a, in one bag. Did you see that? No, no, I'm into it. I think I'm into it. I, I, I think I am it. too. Oh man, uh, I reserve judgment, but I'm, I might be real into that. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's pause and just talk about how I've great been, hers is. I've quick. been to their factory before, and it was uh, you went. Yeah, chips right off the line. I uh, I worked on a commercial for them, and uh, and I Tro <laughs> was like at the end. Of, he had his mouth open at the end of the <laughs> oh, right. No, no. What's it with Jim Her? He was in the commercial, and, and they wouldn't even be rolling. That he was just always he would be eating the potato chips. I was like, Are you sick of these things? No, he was man, just that's eating them, dude. dude I, he's eating his that family. proves how good they are. Is all I'm trying man. to say. Is like I would be like, Man, I'm sick of these chips. He was just eating them. Wasn't even just eating them. Like like you want lunch, Jim? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right, we're gonna eat these hoagies. You know, <laughs> uh, th- this has nothing to do with anything. But now we're talking about hers. But when when I was what? a kid, they they would share the commercial for the hers factory tour, and like yeah. I begged my mom. Yeah, it was cool. It was. Cool. I begged my mom, uh, like who, who's like Chippy or something is like the gopher mascot or some something like that. But uh, I like begged my mom. I wouldn't know. I was like, can we go? Can we please go? Like I want to go so bad. And she was probably just like, I I don't know, maybe just like shut up. So then I, I went. I, I, I went to the park. <laughs> I went to the park that day. This is probably like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like telling everybody, I was like, "I'm my mom's taking me to the to her chip factory <laughs> oh, today." No. You've told us other others times as a child that you want to go on factory tours. I love. I, it. Don't I love. Want... It. I love. Factory. I'm the most boring child in the world. Hey, you're, hey, you're signing yeah, up you for know factory that? tours. Hey man, 
So then Look, I've I went been to that Hearst factory. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful facility. So th- then I well, don't spoil. In, I, I still haven't been. So I went. I went back I home. I, I went back home, and it was like four in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, mom, are we going? She's like, no, <laughs> we're not fucking going to the Hearst factory tour. And I never went. I still haven't gone. Well, maybe we're gonna do like a, a Fellini family. Trip oh, we yeah, that'd be nice, actually. Yeah, they, they, they give they give you they give you chips. They you dr- give a little shot glass of the oil. You drink it. Yeah, oh. yeah. It it's part of it. It's part of it. So uh, by early September, reports began to circulate that the teams had offered some of their final training camp cuts uh, $1,000 as a contingency in the event of a strike. So on September 10th, the Chicago Tribune reported that the owners had voted unanimously to, quote, play through a player strike by fielding anyone willing to wear a uniform. By the time of that vote, according to the Associated Press, 19 of the league's 28 teams had already begun signing scab players. Anyone? Uh, They said anyone? Pretty much anyone. Pretty much anyone. They it wasn't a, a Suge Knight was one of them, right? Yep, Marion right, Knight. Yep. Right. Yep. He played for like the Rams or something. Yep. Uh, the replacement players were mostly preseason cuts, uh, retired players, out of work athletes from the 1986 dissolution of the USFL and the defunct Canadian Football League's Montreal Alouettes. I, I, Alouette. I, yeah, Alouette. Alouette. Something that's, isn't that that, that's that song's song. about football, I guess. Yeah, or, or they call it in Canada. <laughs> that's actually Alouette about it. collective bargaining agreements. Collective <laughs> bargaining. Uh, there were a few oddities, like cinematographer Todd Schlopey, who, despite never playing professional football <laughs> wait, before or after the strike, no, no, I, no, no, no. Todd Schlopey, the cinematographer. Yes, yes he makes fun of everyone's name. You know, for for someone named Beer Man. You yeah, because I appreciate names. a good name. That's why. All right, all right. <laughs> well, it is a all good right. name. Todd Slope is a, a solid name. So he all never right. played football before? He never played f- football before or after the strike, but he or served after. as the... So how did he play? Job, he served as the place kicker for his hometown Buffalo Bills for those three games. I think it's like one of those things where they like reached into the college players. They reached into locals. This was like a this was a bargaining tactic. The uh, the the owners were like, you, you know, we people don't care anybody. about you. We got yeah, a twelve year old kid as our quarterback. This yeah, season. and at the time, I mean, at least my understanding of you know football history from watching uh, uh, documentaries and stuff. This was a changing over uh, a switchover period from like the celebrity, the superstar coach to the superstar player. And the players are getting more and more power, but at this time, the owners and the coach, you know, they're losing that power, and these strikes are kind of like part of that as well. These contract negotiations, they keep running out, and the players are like, we want more, we deserve more, we're who the audience is showing up for. Uh, Prominent players who did cross the picket lines include New York Jets defensive end Mark Gastonow, Dallas Cowboys defensive uh, tackle Randy White, San Francisco 49er quarterback Joe Montana, Eagles Patriots quarterback Doug Flutie, and Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Steve Largent. Flutie, I knew it. <laughs> Flutie flakes, dude. They're, they were flakes. a lie. They were They're a just, lie. Mm-hmm. F- flake, exactly. <laughs> so uh, no team was more torn apart, uh, or more, excuse me, no team was torn apart more thoroughly th- uh, by the presence of the scabs than the Cowboys. On the first day of the strike, Randy White, a future Hall of Famer, arrived to practice alongside the scabs. He pulled up in his pickup truck and was berated by his own teammates. They called him Captain Scab to his face. Many of those uh, same players were forced to work, uh, were forced back to work themselves when Tex Schramm, owner of the Cowboys, threatened contractual annuities to those not on active duty roster by October fifteenth. So, like, you're out. They were outside calling, uh, uh, calling Randy White a scab, 
And the next thing you know, like they have to cross the line too because their whole family's future is on the line. It doesn't, the strike's not working and uh, uh, they can't lose these annuities. These are the things that are going to pay out after they stop playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't want to, but it's like they forced their hand, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. back then when they're not making as much as a yeah. football player now. Yeah. Um, so the scabs and but, the pros. But, you know, it's pretty pretty awkward, like. I'm sorry I called you Captain Scab the other day. Yo, I can't... I mean, like, I think that's really what this is all about. I, 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 <laughs> they never get over it, you know? It's it's a division that starts. It's a it's a rift that begins here, and uh, these teams, these rosters, never really get over it. You kind of need free agency in 1993 to, to shake it up because these teams that were torn apart by this, they never really get over it. Um, and we'll talk about it a little later, but the records reflect that. They're, they're, the next couple of years uh, in the league reflect that. So the uh, the scabs and the pros who didn't strike had little chance to, to gel as teammates. They were widely treated with scorn by the press and the general public, including name-calling, public shaming, and being pelted with eggs. The games eggs. played by these replacement players were regarded with very little legitimacy. Attendance plummeted to under 10,000 fans a game in the cities where, the union, uh, where union support was its strongest. The record low attendance of 4,074 spectators was set at the sole replacement game played in Philadelphia. It is the lowest NFL attendance uh, of all time. Still, wow. wow, the Philly scab game is the lowest attended football game. <laughs> yep, oh, yep. I guess that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, when we talk about it in detail a little bit later, you'll see why. So uh, when the uh, when the union went on strike, uh, the Eagles coach Buddy Ryan told his players stick together. He didn't want anyone crossing the picket line to play for the replacement team. He knew the strike would end eventually, and he didn't want to have a fractured locker room when it was all over. Because uh, the players, long the players game. association long is calling, yeah, and the players association is calling the shots. Like the the individual players don't really get a say in this unless they cross the line. At which point they're just like they're just screwing other players. There's no there's no gain to it at all. So the Eagles were in their third year under Ryan at this time, and things were just starting to come together. Randall Cunningham had taken over for Ron Jaworski as quarterback and was showing real promise. Reggie White was dominating on defense with 21 sacks in 12 games that year. So everybody was really excited for this team and what they could do. Uh, so this sh- And this strike was a big bummer for uh, Eagles fans. Uh, it just is like in the middle of a, a season that, that they're looking like they could, uh, this happens and... You know, like we said, Philadelphia is a union town, and you have no choice but to support them and what they're trying to do. But it really sucks to to lose the the Eagles for for any amount of time, let alone for weeks on end. Yeah. So the Eagles were definitely on the uptick, and just like that, the season was interrupted. Ryan saw his players walk out the door carrying picket signs, and uh, in comes this motley assortment of guys assembled by the front office on short notice. Ryan could barely stand to look at them, much less coach them. Uh, when they were uh, practicing, I mean, he was just disgusted. There's photos of him, like just like not even, be, not even looking at them while they play. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Ryan stood off to the sideline, twirling his whistle, not saying a word. Uh, but Norman Brahman, the Eagles' owner at the time, was one of the most hawkish voices on the management side of the of the uh, the dispute. So Ryan's hands were tied. He he had to just come to work and do his thing. Yeah, um, there's not, no, nothing else you can do. Nothing else it's you do, like man. A- a weird situation. It kind of is, and it's like, uh, and it and it is just the owners flexing their muscles, being like, "We own you. We can do whatever we want with you. We control football." And they got to be also to add even more context to this. The NFL has to feel like they're on top of the world. They just won that big court case against Donald Trump for the for the monopoly thing. He he accused them of having a monopoly because of the USFL couldn't 
uh, compete with the NFL in, in, on television, couldn't get the television contracts. So the NFL uh, is uh, uh, the courts say the NFL can have their monopoly, you know, essentially at, at the end of this court case. So they just feel like they have the market cornered. Nobody can make football other than them. Yeah, no one's going to tell them what to do. <laughs> Think the football players are going to tell the league what to do? They're trying. Uh, on September 22nd, first day of the strike, the Eagles players lined up in the early hours to block access to Vet Stadium. The first members of the Eagles arrived in an armored Ford Bronco nicknamed the Scab Buster. But no scab. <laughs> it's like it's got like a. <laughs> yeah, it's got a sign. It's like a white Bronco or something. Yeah, yeah. It's got like a sign on it. It's a yeah, scab it's, buster, real big. Like a big plywood, uh, hand painted sign. Uh, like a, like it's gonna plow away a bunch of scabs or whatever. Scab busters. Uh, that's a franchise. Yeah. I'm gonna buy the it's website. It's like Ghostbusters, but about unions. About unions. I can't imagine being like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna play as a scab player, and then you go to go, go to play and all the. The real players are there. Who yeah, like Re- Reggie White's blocking it. Reggie White's going to beat you up. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, uh, hello, sir. <laughs> yeah, they give me a jersey. They give me a helmet. Like, oh, yeah, I, got, I, I get to keep these socks, dude. You kidding me? <laughs> you gotta give me these socks. <laughs> uh, but no yeah. scam player, uh, no, no scam player showed up that day. Uh, Randall Cunningham is there. He's photographed wearing a sandwich board. You know, there's a, a picture a, of a, him. And he's yawning. It's like yeah, it's like five in the morning or something. Yeah. And Randall Cunningham's like yawn. That that's the picture they used in the in yeah. the paper too. No, dude. I I'll, I'll head over to talk at the town. I'm just like, you know, just give me a pizza roll. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's early. It's very early for Randall. Yeah, he's photographed yawning, uh, and he's quoted as saying uh, he doesn't see the need for a strike. He'd rather be playing, but he's standing with his team. Uh, so they use this picture to kind of, I guess, emphasize that quote. But he was there for hours. They got there. They got there super early in the morning to uh, to block yeah, the entrance. Yeah. yeah. But again, they 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 encountered no scabs on day three of the strike. The scab players were snuck into the vet stadium under the cover of darkness. When the Eagles players arrived to picket, they realized they'd been had. So they shifted their focus to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, where they'd learned that the replacement players were being housed. So the scabs return to from practice later in the day and find that the whole Eagle starting lineup is blocking the entrance to their hotel. The replacement plus attempts to uh, use an access road to go around the blockade, but finds the scab buster running interference. This is like a movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's pretty epic. This causes a mile long backup along 295. Yeah. A mile long. Mile long. Backups lasts hours and the the police are forced to come out and clear the road. The, 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 because the the Eagles will not let this bus uh, back into the hotel. This goes on uh, until it's dark out. And like Joe's saying, I mean, you you're hey, wasn't practice great? They're letting me keep these socks. Oh no, here come the Eagles to beat me up. Oh now, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randall Cunningham knows where I sleep now. Yeah, and the Eagles were the Eagles weren't there themselves by themselves. There were fans there. People uh, threw eggs at the at the bus. They they rocked the bus back and forth. They they act like they're gonna like break the windows and tear you out of there. And and rumors start that way too. People like start. The, you know, the scabs start talking amongst themselves in the different teams, talking about how, you know, different towns are reacting. And the Eagles are and, and Philadelphia are getting a reputation for fighting back. And, you know, the, the urban legends are starting about how the Eagles are beating up scab players. Uh, the, the, they ate a scab player. <laughs> they ate they him. They ate him. Just, they, uh, and, and just out of spite. They picked their teeth with his bones. They turned his bones. Yeah, they- 
turn his bones into jello. <laughs> <laughs> jello shots. Gave the college students. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, striking Eagles players pretended to, they, they couldn't get it. The police forced them to clear away. So uh, while, they, uh, while they couldn't blockade anymore, striking Eagles players pretended to be pizza delivery drivers and they snuck into the Scabs <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> Like, like the biggest pizza like, delivery guy like I've ever six seen. Six foot five, 300 uh, pound pizza <laughs> delivery guy. Randall Cunningham with a pizza nobody recognizes. Yeah, him. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So they try and sneak into the Come hotel. In. <laughs> they, they, they try and sneak into the hotel to convince the replacements that management was using them, that they were taking money and jobs from players who had earned it, and that they had no chance of making it on the team once the strike was, strike was finished. This would kill their reputations. They would never have an NFL career if they had planned to uh, beyond this. While some of the replacement players did pack it in before the game, most were eager to take the field. Uh, this was a dream come true and once in a, li- a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many of them. They knew they were washed up. They knew they weren't going to get to stick around. They were here for a few weeks. Sure. I mean, that, that wouldn't convince me. Like, you're not going to make it in the NFL. I'd be like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's why I'm doing I'm it here. now. That's why I'm here. You think, you think I like Mount Laurel, New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> this is it, baby. <laughs> They got disco fries. It's okay. Disco fries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I got you. Got to figure if it was like if you're a college kid who's like uh, who gets um, uh, drafted early for uh, to to come uh, play for the Eagles because of this strike. That's one thing. But if you're a wash up, if you're a never was, then you're like I'm gonna get the fucking suit up and be on TV for yeah. one, two, three, I, till for I, maybe I, seven weeks because that's how long it lasted in '82. I've never had the dream of being a professional athlete, but I could see how somebody would take this opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't convince everybody. Uh, yeah. Union solidarity was not winning out with uh, with all of these uh, scab players. Uh, you they, see both sides, though. Yeah, I do. I definitely oh, do. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm just saying I could see how somebody could just want to do it and then almost... Oh, like, yeah, it's like, like listen, this is like my only... This is my only chance to be yeah. in the NFL, you know? Like, yeah. live out my dream as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. The first replacement game was scheduled for October 4th, and the Eagles players were there to protest, uh, and the local Teamsters pledged to stand with them. The courts imposed a strict picketing limitation that prohibited any more than 89 protesters from blocking entrances at Vet Stadium. So, so 20 at this entrance, 10 at this entrance, 8 at this entrance. Like, the court decided all of that. Um, uh, instead, uh, 1,500 demonstrators brought Patterson Avenue to a standstill. Yeah, Teamsters brought three dozen tractor trailers and parked them bumper to bumper, effectively blocking the stadium from any foot traffic along two sides of the structure. So you could only get at it from the South Philly side of, of so the So every two-streeter showed up. <laughs> Some of them from 3rd Street, too. Yeah, 30th Street and 2nd Street, every, every guy Every guy. Up. Uh, th- and, and, and they created a, a pretty effective uh, blockade and they, they brought anybody who was coming in, anybody who was trying to get in. There were 60,000 people expected at this game. They had, 60, they had sold 60,000 tickets. This is, wow. the game, uh, this is the game that only 4,000 people made it into the stands. Uh, and that is in no small part to uh, the Teamsters uh, uh, who, who brought the numbers, who brought the people to effectively uh, create these blockades. Uh, replacement Eagles and Bears players had to be snuck into the stadium at 3 a.m. the night before where they spent the night sleeping on the locker room floors. Can you imagine being from out of town and being from Chicago and, and there's like old, 
all these angry South Philadelphians. Yeah, it's like it's like with the, the fridge is just yeah, like, they're, just, like, they're looking try, for I'm, you. I'm trying to work, man. I, <laughs> I'm trying to do this. You know, the Super Bowl shuffle. That was that's well, long I mean, gone. I mean, that's all I got. Like, it's not football players. It's it's like not the fridge. It's like some guy. It's yeah, it's like it's the like, Chicago version of just that guy, and they're like sleeping in the vet's basement. <laughs> Hey, there's porno. We know that. We know there's porno. (laughs) And there's 1,500 angry Teamsters looking for you. Like, get out of here. (laughs) I I didn't check. I didn't check. I don't know which players crossed the line for the Chicago Bears. I should have. But, um, yeah, I don't know if the fridge was one of them or not. But... Uh, like oh, I said, only the only the Eagles not. and the and Washington were the only teams that didn't have players cross the line. Oh, yeah. So uh, so some fans saw all this chaos uh, and decided to chance it anyway. Uh, one car can be seen trying to enter the uh, Vet Stadium parking lot, and it is swarmed by Teamsters and protesters who smash the windows and slash the tires. Just over uh, four thousand fans did make it inside, and many of them are spat at, shoved, and punched in the face. Uh, eventually, police were sent in on horseback to scatter the crowds. Wow. You think they were like Dallas fans or something? Like, <laughs> wow. The way they treated them. Eagles fan versus Eagles fan. That's, it's, yeah, that's, it's, it's like a civil. It's like the Civil War. Dude. Civil War. Yeah. Yep. Brother versus brother. Yeah, brother versus brother. This did divide people, man. This really divided people. Um, and there is video footage. You can go on YouTube and look up this game. There is video footage, news footage on YouTube of people getting spat at, shoved, punched. and punched in the face. There's a guy. He's a big guy. He's like a big, like trucker-looking dude with a with a with a trucker hat and a big beard and a flannel shirt. And he's like talking to a teamster. He's like, "I'm going to my seat. I'm going. I'm I'm going to my seat. I paid for my ticket." And the 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 teamster or the the guy who's blocking the way just punches him square in the face. And oh, the big man. guy, the big guy is big enough that it doesn't like break his yeah. nose or anything like that. But he's shocked. He's like, "I can't believe I just got punched in the face. His hat flies off." He's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's like just shocked he's so surprised so um this went this is obviously this insanity was not what the eagles players were looking for the eagles union rep told the teamsters to chill out but the teamsters insisted the eagles not show weakness in this moment they were... <laughs> <laughs> this is a movement this is this is bigger the than team, you eagles <laughs> the teamsters understand that this is the way you don't win strikes with cupcakes you know you have to go in there and show that you mean business and you gotta uh, bust heads they, sure you gotta bust heads or you know or Jeez. not let not let somebody bust your head anyway and uh the the uh the eagles were running a pr the eagles players were you know still running a pr game they were still trying to get public support on their side um the they got too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> too much. Could you guys bring it down just like we, a We did support. We didn't mean like that. Like, beat up everybody. <laughs> South Philly, please stop helping. Please stop. <laughs> Tone it down a little. <laughs> uh, so in cities where the unions had strong presence, uh, there was a lot of solidarity with the players, uh, and that emboldened the Players Association. In St. Louis, striking players tried to block the delivery of Anheuser-Busch products to the stadium. In Kansas City, striking players oh, showed man. up. Yeah, in Kansas There's City, no beer. There, what the hell are we watching? What's, what's, why even why even bring the helmets? Why yeah, that one that one was not a violent confrontation. They were out there trying to get the truck drivers on their side. They were like appealing to them as well. You know, like why? How are you going to drive a truck full of beer through a strike line? You know, um, sure. in, yeah. in Kansas City, striking players showed up brandishing shotguns, and in Dallas, uh, or excuse me, yeah, brandishing. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Wow. And in Dallas, on the other hand. Things were going smoothly for management. Quarterback Danny White, running back Tony Dorsett, and defensive end, uh, defensive tackle Randy White are all back in uniform. They're all ready to play. 
So uh, by using effective strike-breaking tactics, I mean, you know, this is the difference. A place like Philadelphia or Kansas City or St. Louis has a strong union backing, has uh, support from other unions to, uh, to continue their strike. And uh, down in Dallas, they don't. There's nobody, there's no truck drivers coming to, uh, coming to strike with, uh, with the players in Dallas. Uh, there's no local piano tuners coming out to, to carry picket signs with, uh, uh, with the Dallas players. They're on their own. The, the piano tuner union, very strong in Philadelphia. Very strong. Yeah. Some say too strong. Some say, I, I would some say their influence strong. travels so far into local politics. I think the piano, uh, the it's, 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 it's corrupt, dude. I'll say it. The piano moving <laughs> business is, it's, they, they got pockets in, 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 in everywhere, dude. They got their hands in every the, pocket. The tuning is free, but the, the cables. Are, That's how they get you, dude. That's how they get you. <laughs> oh, oh, and it's the guy's son's going to install it. Of course, All right, all right. Steinway Jr. What, what are you going to do? Nothing. They'll, they'll... They own it. They'll, they'll smash they'll, your piano. They'll, they'll flatten your keys. We're going to hear <laughs> about it. We're going to hear all, about it. They'll take all your local, white keys. Local 88. Yeah, you got you got to you got to edit this all out because the the piano yeah, that, piano tuning. Yeah, I don't want I don't I want that kind of heat. I'm trying to start any trouble. I walked down the street a piano drops on my head. I don't need that. Fuck, <laughs> 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 it's just, Don't need it, that. It's just it's just a Philly open secret. Everybody knows about it, but you don't talk exactly, about it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. On October 11th, with no chance of victory, Buddy Ryan went into Texas Stadium with replacement lineup of Scott Tinsley, Guido Merkins, and Topper Clemens. Guido Merkins. You've heard of all those guys. Guido Merkins. You have their baseball cards and their jerseys. Definitely from Football Tenth cards and their jerseys. <laughs> well, Merkins are like fake pubic hair wigs, right? That's right. That's so right. So a Guido Merkin, what would that be? A Guido well, Merkin. <laughs> I, I mean, know. that's his name, though. Maybe, maybe that's, his, that's his stage name, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, these are, these are, these, these guys all obviously went on to do great things and set huge records. So we, we Guido all... Merkins, he's in the hall of fame, dude. Guido Merkins opened a, opened a restaurant, a seafood restaurant, I believe. <laughs> uh, uh, and of course, uh, in Dallas, uh, coach Tom Landry knew this. So, uh, he knew that he knew that Buddy Ryan stood no chance. Uh, so, uh, of course, uh, like a J.O., he, he opened the game with a little <laughs> razzle dazzle and an end around. Uh, that resulted in a 62-yard touchdown. Take that, Tom Landry. Yeah, that's what I think of you and your stupid hat. Huh. <laughs> so it was a slap in the face. It was an immediate slap in the face. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's supposed to be. It's it's very ungentlemanly. I mean, he knows he's um, he's got the Eagles' uh, replacement team outgunned. Everyone's being forced to do this by by wealthy elites who are like, no, play this game for me, and they. And and the first thing that Tom Landry does is come out and do this uh, this total backhanded uh, ungentlemanly thing, and it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the game. You know, that's uh, yeah. I guess I guess he made that decision right away. Like, are we going to go easy on this, or are we going to like blow them out? And they're like, well, let's let's blow out these guys. Yeah, Dallas is thinking this is a chance to get ahead. They were they didn't come into the season so hot, so now they have uh-huh. as for as long as the strike lasts, they have a, they have an almost full roster. They have almost all their guys back. They have their superstars. They're going to just kill yeah. all these scabs. That's what they think uh-huh. anyway. So uh, Buddy Ryan watched. So Buddy Ryan folded. probably loved that. Yeah, he his blood pressure through the roof. Ryan watched, arms folded across his chest, steaming mad. Uh, the Cowboys pushed the Eagles scabs around all day, opening up a 41-10 lead. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Landry finally pulled his regulars, including two tall Jones, and put his scrubs in the game. Uh, the Eagles managed to score two touchdowns late in the game, uh, and they were driving Guido again. Merkin, you're in. 
<laughs> Here's my chance. Yeah. Uh, um, and Landry, uh, who who saw the the tide possibly shifting, uh, even though he had the game all but one, uh, he didn't want the Eagles to score again, so he sent his veterans back out onto the field to snuff out the drive and end the game, hmm. uh, which is also pretty unsportsmanly. Uh, they have a they have a thirty point lead. They don't, they don't need to put two tall Jones back in the game, uh, but they hmm. do anyway. And uh, blowouts like this were, and bad games like this, uh, they were bad for television. They were bad for the fans. The fans hated watching this. Uh, it helped no one, uh, and it put a lot of pressure on the striking players to return. By week three of the stoppage, 15% of the players had crossed the picket lines and gone back to work. So the player strike was over, and it had been a total failure. The athletes lost millions of dollars, and they didn't get any of the contractual changes they were demanding, and the league wouldn't introduce free agency until 1993. Man, gotcha, players. <laughs> that does suck. It does. How is it, that climactic for them? They, I think, I mean, at the beginning of this, that guy Spag, uh, Spangola um, uh, said it. They, they telegraphed their move. The players uh, uh, approved the strike in September on September 22nd. They had pulled this before, and it didn't work. They, they went seven games last time, and it didn't work. And uh, by week three, players were like, if it didn't work after seven games, you know, we're going to have to miss the whole season. I can't afford to uh to not work at all this year and yeah they're they're a lot of guys some of these guys are at their end of their career and they they need the money for retirement some of these guys are at the beginning of their career they need the money to get started uh and really i mean i guess if anything it's a lesson about how you know rich people can divide people with money they can just use money to you know no they can't john yeah So two weeks later, uh, Dallas came to Philadelphia, but now both teams were at full strength with their professional rosters uh, back and and ready to play. And Buddy Ryan and Randall Cunningham are seething mad. Uh, Buddy Ryan was in the newspaper promising revenge, quote, my dream is to be up by 40 with three seconds left. We call a timeout and run a fake field goal for a touchdown, end quote. <laughs> so he was not being coy at all. He was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm coming for revenge. <laughs> and now I'm going to rub their faces in it. Yeah. And then. <laughs> He's like a mean like, older brother who's like destroying <laughs> his brother, little brother in Madden. And it's yeah. yeah, like stop punching yourself. I'm stop punching done. yourself. I'm not, I don't, I don't I want you to, I'm not done until you throw to the controller. That's what he was trying to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was out for revenge. He was literally out for revenge. Headlines said headlines in the Daily News said things like "Buddy promises revenge." Like, there was no, <laughs> no exaggeration. Uh, it was a hard-fought game, but the Eagles' defense held better than the strike, leading thirty to twenty with seconds remaining. Uh, Buddy Ryan had Randall Cunningham fake a kneel down, stand up, and throw deep to Mike Quick. Uh, pass interference was called, so the Eagles got a first down at the one-yard line. Ryan sent Keith Byers up the middle for an in-your-face touchdown that made the final score 37-20. to 20. Boom. Uh, Just did, yeah. Just yeah, so that's, and that's, the, that's the slap back. That's the slap, slap back in their face, you know. Um, they and, deserved and, it, though. Yeah, I, I, real. I think so, too. I think uh, when both teams are now evenly matched and it's like proof is in the pudding that your, your lineup couldn't beat the Eagles, that you were really just like stomping on a bunch of uh ill-prepared jobbers you know in, in in wrestling they call them jobbers jobbers yeah jobbers yeah. jobbers to borrow a phrase from wrestling um yes. and 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 now uh now squash. they can't yeah they're they they uh, they, <laughs> they couldn't win the the cowboys couldn't win and so randall cunningham yeah he wasn't sorry uh he, he so, sorry not sorry man yeah. uh he said quote i watched the game where dallas ran up the score on buddy and it made me feel bad that Landry could do that, end quote. 
So even uh, even in his uh, ungentlemanly uh, move at the end of the game, he was still uh, he, he was still magnanimous in his in what he said on on TV. He didn't like yeah. he wasn't like a, dude, Randall's like, all Randall's all class, dude. Yeah, he was real classy about it. I love Randall. Yeah, not surprised. Uh, I mean, and I think I think it's true. I mean, like you're watching uh, Buddy Ryan and, and Landry face off. It's more about those two guys than it is about these like these teams that are that are made up. I mean. In the moment, I guess it's about who's striking and who's not striking. But overall, when we look back, we're looking at the careers of these two coaches. Who who really who remembers these replacement players? And and like we we said, I mean, well, that's that's why Buddy Ryan's a legend in Philly. He never won a championship. Neither did Brandon Cunningham. And and this city, this city like loves them. They the city starts a a, a petition every year to get the Eagles to bring back Kelly Green. Yeah, they love this team so much. And yeah. they never won. You know, right. it's I even I was like the joke at the beginning. It was like, you guys want to talk about this team that never won and didn't even play? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and it's because they stuck together. It's because they loved each other and you could see it on TV. You could see it when they played. Uh, Tom, yeah. Land- Tom Landry left the field without a word. He never said anything about it. Not after the game, not in interviews. He never, he never blogged <laughs> about room. it. Get he didn't write in his journal. Kill Get out of here. Inside, Get out of here. It never came up. Here. Never answered a question if, about it. He punched what a what hole if, through his hat when nobody was looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he must have never seen anything like it. A, a fake kneel just uh, doesn't make sense. Uh, it's not well, something look, you do you go, with you, an insurmountable lead. You go play in that game. It's going. Chris is going to get back at you. You know, you can't just be slapping people and not expect to get slapped back. To this day, it has never been done uh, again in NFL history. Nobody has faked a kneel to throw awesome. a throw a bomb. That's so awesome. Nothing like that ever. <laughs> it was so just like disgusting it's never yeah. done again petty shit I'm yeah. not, i love it i love that's it. great that's great yeah. i love it this is why dallas has always been a rival yeah i don't know if this is it. where it starts but it feel, but if it didn't this should be the origin story right <laughs> it probably didn't start there but it probably didn't help it didn't help <laughs> fuel to the fire that's what they yeah. say um, and like Drove was saying, I mean, people love this team, and I think part of it is the fact that they stuck together. In the three years that followed, these uh, these two teams, Dallas and Philadelphia, uh, had to pick up the pieces and move on after the strike. And the Cowboys' record became progressively worse, while the Eagles' record got progressively better. Boom. By not yeah, three years later, by 1989, the Birds were 11 and five, and Dallas was one and 15. So, yeah, so that's something to be said for team unity and standing together. Uh, And the the city stood with the Eagles, and uh, the Eagles uh, stayed uh, stuck together. And uh, the the following years may not have been championship years, but they were years with good wins and good seasons. And uh, that's why people uh, remember them so fondly and cherish those uh, those years in that team. Yeah. It's like the origin of that T-shirt I got when I was a kid. It's a Dallas sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Yep. I, I believe it. I believe that's where it came from. I'm gonna yeah, when, from now on when I people ask me why is there a rivalry, I'm gonna tell them it was because of this. Yeah, that's pretty good enough. Yeah, that's what we say around here. Good enough. Good, good enough. enough. <laughs> I think it's a great story. I, I it um, is. It, it it's like it it's crazy. It's not more popular because it's it's pretty such, nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's pretty well, nuts. Uh, Beerman. You know, I thought that too. And you know what was really interesting? I watched the 30 for 30 that's on the strike, and I watched the and I watched the SB Nation video that's on the strike. And the difference is, is that the uh, 30 for 30 video tries to portray the, the scabs. It, it's the story of the Washington Redskins scabs who won all three of their games against— Washington for, for, football team. Washington football team. The Washington-Washington <laughs> team. The Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C.'s. They, uh, they, their team— <laughs> 
their their team of scabs won all three of their games, and uh, Washington had a losing record going into the strike, and uh, they so the came out of it with a win. were better than the real team. Yes, and in their first game back, <laughs> yeah, Washington. In the first game back, Washington's uh, fans were like, "Send, bring back the scabs." Where that, where, oh, where, where's that janitor? That was a running back. Bring him yeah. back, dude. They uh so the 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 Washington can we get on... can we get Guido Merkin is is that a possibility <laughs> we, can... <laughs> we can never afford him yeah and Washington went on to Washington didn't have anybody cross the 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 line either Washington went on to win the Super Bowl that year they came back with a winning record because of the scabs the scabs uh, set them on the path to win the Super Bowl wow so the yeah. scabs won them the Super Bowl got them to the Super Bowl in essence it, it did and they recognized them help they rec- yeah, at least, at least at least set them on the path, and the uh, the Washington recognized them by giving them the bonus pay for the for if you win those playoff games in the Super Bowl if you're a member of the team. But they didn't give anybody the Super Bowl rings. None of those scab players got Super Bowl rings. They uh, but they that's did get bull them. jive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's it's just another way that the um, that the uh, that the owners and the 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 back end that the office the back office kind of mistreated these players on both sides. They just used them for what they were worth and threw them away. Everyone loses. Everyone loses. (laughs) Except the NFL. (laughs) Still winning. Still winning. Um, Yeah. So um, a tale as old as time. Yeah. So that's what happens. That's what happens. Never try. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it's a crazy story. That's what happens when you try. Yeah, and I guess I, the point I was trying to make, and I went off on the tangent of explaining what happened to Washington, but the point I was trying to make is that the ESPN documentary is like, whoa, these scabs sure can do it. It makes it like a Rocky story. It's like, these guys are going to win the big game. Yeah, um, yeah, like, so like anyone can do it. But then uh, if you watch the YouTube video that's about the NFL 87 strike, it's much more from the, you know, the the uh, labor perspective yes, of the yes. of the disagreement. And it's uh, much l- less forgiving to the scabs. Uh, I'll, who, I'll uh, tell you, I would love to talk to somebody who was there that day for the Eagles game. Uh, okay. Yeah. Who was in the, lo- in the parking lot. I've been so yeah. If anybody was there, please let us know. Yeah, hit us up. If you were, yeah. If anybody was spit on by a teamster at that day. <laughs> please, if you were a teamster who was spitting on people. I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Both sides. No, uh, yeah, no, no judgment. The, the statute, statute of limitations, got to be up by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut all this out. <laughs> uh, hey, someone's knocking on the door. Wait a second. <laughs> that's, that's I weird. saw the Irishman movie. I know what they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, that's all I got. How about you guys? Anything else that's, for the? I want to know why there hasn't been um, Beerman says relax T-shirts that you said you're going to make last week. It's We're been wearing six them right days. Now. Everybody, everybody, I'm mine. What do you mean? You can't literally. Even it's trending on Twitter. People can't stop talking about it. <laughs> they want them. Oh, and I guess we, I also want to mention. <laughs> I also want to mention somebody wrote us to uh, to ask if we could make the images and the visual companion uh, clickable. And uh, so that they can be enlarged, and I did that. No, I went no, back. We I, can't. We can't. I, I I didn't know how. I didn't know how. But the email made me feel feel guilty for not learning how. So I went back and I learned. Uh, nice. So, uh, so yeah. Now so now from now on, click on it. Yeah. And in the past, click, I went back a couple it. of there weeks. Give them a click. See what they look like. Another reason to visit the website, the Visual Companion. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Okay, that's pretty much all there is to know really, about the... You said that really spiked Thanks for me. listening, and thanks for reviewing the podcast. Yeah, you're, you're, you're saying it sarcastically. But thanks for signing... Thanks for listening every week. Yeah. 
I, thanks, you're for, sending thanks, for, thanks for supporting us. You're sending mixed messages right now. Oh. <laughs> thanks for being the only way we could earn an income. Yeah. Supporting us. Thanks. Very aggressive. Thanks. That's I really like, love the support. That's what WHYY does. Now they guilt you into it. <laughs> <laughs> they show the good stuff. They start, you know, notice WHYY only starts playing like, like concert for George and like Woodstock, like all the shit that people want to see, like when, when they need money. You know I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. They, and then they it's like master. Yeah. Th- th- then it's, you know, at downtown Abbey you. or whatever for the, for the other weeks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Masterpiece theater or whatever. Whoa, 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 whoa. Master yeah, cheese theater. Yeah. I'll say it, dude. I, I said it. I said what I said. Well, I'm going to stick to my method in trying to be uh, aggressive about it. So thanks, yeah. Spearman. Thanks. And thanks for everyone for listening. It's the only thing I have going in my life. Thank you. <laughs> it's just the highlight of my week. Yeah, I love it. I truly enjoy doing this every week. Thanks a lot. Okay. That's pretty much all there is to know about the 1987 NFL player strike. Please check out our website, www.southfellini.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-E-L-L-I-N-I.com for cool Philly-inspired merch. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're South Fellini everywhere. Uh, And please join in, uh, follow along, and join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure to look out for new episodes. We want to hear from you. And listeners like you. Listeners like you. Listeners like yous. (laughs) Yous. Listeners like yous. That's a shirt, dude. Make sure you look out for the uh, new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe, wash your hands, and wear a mask. Wear a mask. Bye. Bye. Bye.